You're listening to The Cultured Podcast, a weekly conversation hosted by me, Michelle Corey, that breaks down the barriers surrounding art, theater, travel, and more to serve a digestible dose of culture for all. I hope I said that right. (laughs) Clearly, I don't speak French fluently, but what I do speak is the language of love, and I love you for being here for another episode of The Cultured Podcast. Thank you so much. I am your dutiful host, Michelle Corey. Today, we're talking to Bhargava Chiluveru, who is the creative director of his and his wife's company, Chill Media. But unofficially, he is a renaissance man, and we're about to find out why. (laughs) Before we dig in and talk all about photography, digital media, and the things that make Bhargava tick, I'm going to tell you what's inspiring me this week. And it's social media. I have to admit, I have a love-hate relationship with social media, as many of us do, because it is all too public and also all too addictive all at once. But it has enabled me, especially as the host of The Cultured Podcast, to meet and connect with some of the most brilliant and interesting minds I know. So there is this really interesting dynamic where social media, especially each channel within the realm of social media, becomes its own microcosm, its own culture. And within that microcosm, there are all of these different subcultures. And I find that absolutely fascinating because At the end of the day, social media is this invention of the human mind, and there is nothing tangible, but very tangible things come of it. So it's one of those things that I like to dig into and explore and kind of ask myself philosophical questions about it. I get really existential about social media, so just be forewarned. But, you know, it ties in definitely to our conversation today because I actually met our host on social media before we met in person. And uh, we were seated next to each other at a wedding and we started talking about our creative endeavors and I recognized his face and his wife's face vaguely. And all of a sudden I was like, is your handle be chill? No. So, yeah, it's, it's the beauty of social. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, there is no better segue than to just jump on in. Welcome, Bargava. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's, <laughs> no, that's that was awesome. That was that's a great story. That's really how we met. That's uh, yeah. it. Really is yeah. a great story. We yeah. just happened to be seated next to each other. Yeah. I'm sure the bride and groom knew exactly yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but it was so cool because you know people's handles yeah. and yes. you know their faces on social feel so different than yeah. in person. Yeah, it's it's so funny because like uh, that's probably only happened to me like I can count in my like the number of times that's happened to me where people call me like be chill out loud in public, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, it's happened a lot more lately but like I'm still getting used to it. Like, uh, but I think when you said that I was like, that's so funny. Like, this is, this is something that's happening, you know, and it's and it's at a wedding and it's it, and this is like our lives now. And that, that's awesome. I love it. I love when that happens. And uh, uh, it, it like it actually happened like a couple of weeks ago where like somebody on the street was like, are you beach chill? I was like. <laughs> Like, that's amazing. Yeah, You're that's, blowing up, Barker. No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think, think so. And maybe, maybe in the photography, Instagram, Atlanta world, very, very small, like specific stuff. I agree. And by the way, I really, I 
very much admire that sense of humility because I do actually think you are blowing up. But it is important to have a sense of humility in everything that you do because the bottom line is we're all sort of insignificant in our own way. Mm -hmm. But there's a beauty in that because you get to play with life. So let's dive in. How do you explain what you do as a renaissance man? (laughs) It's a a very difficult task. Uh, I am, at the end of the day, uh, a visual artist trying to make it in the world. (laughs) And I figured that I could do that through a few different things. So when people ask me this question, the first thing I usually try to lean towards is saying that I'm an artist. Uh, that's because that's my first, that's how I first got started. Um, but so the next step is I own a company with my wife uh, called Chill Media, where we use specifically both our skill sets and do the same things that I do in my art for companies. And so Chill Media has two different divisions, essentially. It's uh, one is Chill Creative, where we deal with businesses and we help them with branding, marketing, all this kind of stuff through photography, video and design, which are three of my specialties. And Chill Studios is our direct to consumer business where we deal with photography and video for consumers. So say you need a portrait, you need an event covered, you need photography at your wedding. So that's that arm. Anu helps all the operations. and I, Anu is your wife. Yes, Anu is my wife. Uh, she's my business partner. We've been married for five years. Uh, but we actually met in high school, so we've known each other for a very, very long time. Wow. And we both kind of know our strengths. I know that that's her strength. Like, she keeps everything together and everything organized when all my brain is, like, on the other side doing a whole bunch of stuff. So she's the organization and, like, keeping everything tied in and financial arm. I'm just, like, the creative guy that's making everything happen. Yeah. Um, so it's a good pa- balance between the both of us. So that's kind of our main income, essentially. Mm -hmm. And most recently, we both started 404, which is our kind of community arm, which at the end of the day, we used everything that we didn't have growing up and trying to figure out how we can make something out of that, which is both community and commerce is what we say. So we're partnering with local artists uh, and take their art and essentially have it on a website that and we turn it into streetwear or uh, just wall art, uh, any sorts of like things that people consume. So we're trying to figure out how to take this art that is just underappreciated, especially in our city, uh, and trying to get that to the people. So that's uh, that's one way. And then we also uh, host monthly events with the whole uh, just anybody and everybody that wants to come that wants to explore creativity uh this come in the form of meetups uh and workshops uh photo walks uh mostly free workshops which is what's great about it just getting people together and just like teaching things which is awesome so you are doing a lot a lot yes <laughs> and that's why the renaissance man like actually yeah. is the right description um I, I just feel like i got a late start in life so i think i uh, we changed our life at 27 so like to me that was late so I just wanted to do everything where did you grow up I so I was born in India but we moved to Atlanta in 98 and specifically to Norcross Gwinnett County in 98 so I was 13 so I had like a really good sense of what India was in that culture but I grew up in Gwinnett County so how did your upbringing in India influence the way that you see the world around you 
I'm a cultural observer, really. Like, I, I, I grew up in a city, Hyderabad, which is multicultural. Like, it's very similar to Atlanta in that sense, where uh, people from all over India moved there. And I had this sense of, like, what different cultures are, like, from a very, very young age and how they melt together. Uh, I'm trilingual, like, when I was, like, you know, from the beginning, basically. Like, I spoke uh, Telugu, Hindi, and English. Uh, and then, you know, moving to America and, like, moving to Atlanta... It's, uh, you know, like it's another city where in specifically Gwinnett County at that time, it was just so multicultural that it's just like a whole nother level. Uh, and I think that affects me a lot today is just like observing all that, trying to capture that and like seeing the beauty in like multiculturalism, especially in Atlanta, I think is pretty awesome. Uh, so that affects me a lot. Growing up Indian in America is also something that like being kind of tied down to this is what you can do. And like, even though my dad's creative, like he didn't think that going that route would be beneficial to me. So like I use that as a strength today. Like I, it's like an uphill battle mm. all the time. So even yesterday when I was at a gallery, um, I ran into like a young Asian photographer and like, I just like, I'm just gravitated to this conversation because like there's so many similarities. Like he's talking about his parents, like, you know, not understanding and this and that. And like that mentorship, like I didn't have that like at all. Like there's like, that's such a big thing that I wish I had earlier that I am using that today to like, just motivate me. Just like I'm working with young people all the time to like, you know, kind of make things better, make the world better through their voice and like helping their voice and all that kind of stuff. And that ties into what you do with 404, giving a platform to up and coming artists or any artists really who need that platform. So let's focus a little bit on your art. So which came first, photography or digital editing? It's kind of a complicated story. So my dad used to own his own ad agency when I was younger. But, I mean, very small, like, boutique, and also in India, you know, like, back in, nine, in the 90s. So very small, but he did have cameras all over the place. And, like, I had exposure to photography at a young age. We even had, like, a dark room in our house, essentially. So, like, I got wow. exposure to that. But I had early access to Photoshop. And I think that's where my life basically changed. I think I fell in love with Photoshop. I've literally had this program open <laughs> In like, you know, on my computer since I was exposed to it. And I've literally been, you know, manipulating photos, doing design. Literally everything that I do in life revolves around what I learned in Photoshop. And what fascinates you about it? I was never able to draw. And it made me so mad, you know, <laughs> like I just couldn't like I was OK. It never like but there were other kids in my class that would just do amazing like drawings. I'm like, why can't I do this? But this was something that just set me free. Like mm -hmm. whenever I was in front of Photoshop, I could create whatever, you know, I could do whatever I wanted. I can manipulate whatever I wanted. So like that was my way of painting, like essentially I could create my own worlds. And before I think there was a huge period of time where I was just working with other people's photos just because I just didn't have access to good DSLR, like, you know, just equipment or anything like that. Once we moved here, all of those cameras went away. We kind of basically had to start fresh, right? So mm -hmm. even our computers were just, like, not that great. Like, we only had one computer that we, me and my dad had to share and stuff like that. So time became limited. Equipment became limited. Everything became limited once we moved here. A lot of it had to do with, like, whatever we could find in garage sales and stuff like yeah. that, right? And access to Photoshop, too, or, like, other, you know, just software, too, kind of got limited. So... I've always been doing photography, by the way, just with like point and shoots, essentially, and like nothing serious. DSLR photography, I started probably right after college or like right around senior year of college, which was 2007 or so. But I fell in love with like trying to get 
better mechanically. And I think after meeting my wedding photographer, I just got even more obsessed with getting better with portraiture and things like that. I would always go out and travel and do photography, but that's when I started getting obsessed with portraiture and all this kind of stuff. So that's where things started evolving and I started experimenting with different types of photography. So it went from editing to learning DSLR photography where I just did landscapes when I traveled to trying to tackle portraiture and events and then cityscapes when I moved to Atlanta and HDR photography, which brought me back to editing. And then, yeah, I mean, it just keeps going. It's just like it's an evolution because and that's the beauty of like the idea of Photoshop to me is just like Photoshop to me is a metaphor for my like essentially being a creator. Yes. You know, because like you just need to find that tool that mm-hmm. you can literally do anything with. I built websites with Photoshop. I edited product photography with it. I designed magazines. I designed billboard ads. I, I could do anything with it. So mm-hmm. it's just like the idea of having that tool that can like really set you free. But there are downsides to that, too. It's like um, I think learning things properly and with the proper education is really important and like me not going to art school I feel like definitely affected me a little bit you do I do yeah how so I I think there's like there's uh some audacity in thinking that way like Mm. you know you oh I know this tool like I know photoshop I can I can design you know that was from a really young age I just started thinking that but I don't think until I had an art director who explained to me, you know, listen, like, you know, you need to do vector vector design in Illustrator for this reason. You need to do this in InDesign for this reason. So there were like, you know, you need there are certain things when you get to the technicalities of things like you should really do them in a different way. And Mm -hmm. there's a reason for it. There are a lot of free courses. too. Like there's Coursera.com. That's awesome. And it it gives you free courses on there's a lot of creative ones there. So tell, do you remember the first photo you took by any chance? Maybe it's not the literally for the first one I ever took, but I remember the first one that ever like stood out and people complimented me. I think I was like maybe eight years old or something. It was at my one of my aunt's weddings of my other aunt. Mm-hmm. And I remember like people were complimenting me on like how much of a good photo it was. So it was it was at a really young age for sure. Yeah. Did that feed a little bit more of the excitement to photograph? I don't know. I think that was like that was really young. I think like I think like all the excitement uh, or at least like trying to pursue the art side of it came very recently. To me, the standout things that you produce, the standout works of art are your digital Mm -hmm. media Mm -hmm. pieces, which to describe it to the cultured crew is basically Bargava chops Atlanta buildings in half or in three quarters. He chops off the tops and animates this photo that is your photo, I imagine. And it's like something, some force above them is ripping them off and they're scattering bricks below them and everything is animated. And it's stunning. It's like War of the Worlds 2017. It's so cool. So let's talk a little bit about how, because now we know the progression. When did you first decide you were going to chop these buildings up? (laughs) The buildings being chopped up, I think like that's one of my most recent projects. So I think it's been evolving over time. What I started doing when I first moved to the city was just trying to take as many photos as possible. It was just something that I never had the chance to do before. And I was an entrepreneur. I could set my own schedule. So I just made it into a routine. I would go on bike rides. I would just like literally take photos, photos, photos. When we found out we were pregnant at the beginning of the year, I literally didn't have a chance to go out at all to do any sort of photography and you know as as a creator I feel like you just kind of have this especially when you're doing art for uh, an hour a day for 
three years straight and you just can't do it. You're like Jones. Yeah, I was like, what do I do? So I just like just went through all my old catalogs. I'm like, all right, what can I do with this? Like, so I just tr- like challenged myself, forced myself to figure out what I can do with these old photos. And that's where like one of the, that, that was one of the ideas that I just came up with. And it started around Independence Day. I turned Bank of America into like a spaceship and put it around over the city. And that's where like the idea kind of came about. I was like, all right, what do these aliens do next? And basically build like a sci-fi movie in Atlanta. So I didn't realize that there was like this whole storyline behind this series <laughs> of aliens. This oh, makes nice. it even so, cooler. It's silly though it's super silly it's an instagram post you know like that's how it came but that's that's my, my only portfolio for my art right now i don't maintain my website for a lot of artists yeah i mean it's just easy i guess you know well like, and there's no barriers to it so you don't have to be in a gallery you don't have to be represented by someone all of a sudden social media for artists just kind of drop the barriers mm-hmm. and if you're really good at it it can open up so many opportunities where none were possible before. Absolutely. When you're photo editing, mm-hmm. are there any ethics that you have to take yeah, into consideration? Absolutely. I started doing a lot more of my own photography and stopped editing other people's photography because as I grew older, I just wanted to first like have my own set of work that I can show people like, hey, here's my photography. But at, this, at the end of the day, too, there's just so much of like, like essentially theft going on, you know, like copyright Oof. infringement. Like people still take my photos all the time and put, you know, whatever on top of it and post it. How do you put an end to that? It's, you know, I, I watched, I don't know if you watch Silicon Valley, but like uh, one of the episodes they talk about like data getting, like there, there's literally so much content being produced. Like I don't put watermarks on my Instagram at the moment because like first it's like, pretty small but there's just so much being content created that some at one point I just felt like what's the point like it's just so much content being created but there's definitely you know you just ask nicely if you find out you ask nicely you know there's other websites out there that if you really want to protect your art like you can actually sign up and like do copyrights this and that but Everybody is a content creator now. Yeah. And you can take photos and like I like the new iPhone X came out. Like you can take a photo with that that looks something like I used to do five years ago. That would take me like, you know, 30 minutes to edit. It (laughs) takes like two seconds to create. So we're heading into this age and it's just going to keep getting, you know, more and more complicated. I think the goal should actually be like, how do we move beyond this? Hmm. You know, like what is the next step? Like how do we evolve our art as digital artists? Like photographers might not realize it but even if no matter how pure they are right now if they're using a digital camera that photo has already been processed before they ever even touch it Mm -hmm. just based on some settings or something like that right so you're already editing a pre-edited photo so it's about when you come when it comes to manipulation you just have to make sure that if it's if it's somebody's photo like i think you know it's it's good to not manipulate too much of the person i think Sometimes I get a request, like specific requests, like, can you do this and that? And at that time, I'm like, OK, they actually asked me to do this. So I think we can do this. But as long as it's your own photo and then you've gotten permission, I think like taking it one step further and like giving the client what they want or like, you know, pursuing your art as long as you have the permission of the model. I think, you know, that's where the ethics comes mm-hmm. in. It's just be- making sure like everybody else who's involved is like kind of taken care of, you know. What are some of the unspoken rules for the photographers like you who have a really large social presence? Don't take other people's photos, like, you know, like don't take other people's photos without specifically asking them for like permission. Like even through 404 as like an as an entity where 
I don't think people would care if because they hashtag 404. Like we're still asking them permission. Is it okay if we feature this on our page? You know, I think it's just basic respect as like this is somebody's hard work. You might not think that it's hard work because, you know, you can do it on a camera and like it'll work the same or whatever. But it's this person's hard work, you know, and I think being respectful of that is really important. Just making sure even if you do share it, like, and they you didn't compensate them for it, just making sure, like, they're tagged. If there's a mural in the background, making sure, like, that artist is tagged as well. Uh, wow. I don't know, just showing, yeah. like, respect to that kind of stuff is, like, I think is really important. Sure. Um, I don't know, just, like, just, I think res- being respectful, like, you know, how you could be respectful in real life, I think, should transfer over to social media. Social media is nothing but just, like, an extension of real life, right? I mm-hmm. think, like, you connect more with people on social media that you know in real life. Like that that link between you and this other person that you just met online is still somewhat limited until you meet them in person. You know, like you and I, let's say. Absolutely. Oh, you and I, uh, we met online, but like I think they blossomed into something else because like we 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 saw each other as humans. Like there's like a whole nother level in real totally. life. So um, just keeping in mind that there's another person on the other side of this and like, you know, making sure that those needs are met are, is really important. Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, and I don't think, you know, I think it's really good to reinforce these messages because I think people who aren't artists uh-huh. or who don't create on a daily basis may not even think of doing those things as respectful. And so to say something like, if there's a mural behind you, Mm -hmm. tag the artist, because a lot of people don't realize the kinds of opportunities that open up for artists Mm -hmm. from social media. Absolutely. And, you know, we have tons of friends whose art has appeared in movies Mm -hmm. or TV shows that film in Atlanta, all because they have the social presence. Absolutely. So by you tagging someone, especially if you have a big following, yeah. it's really throwing a bone where where it's been really hard yeah, worked for. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about do you have a most memorable photo that you've taken? Um it's kind of sad actually. Oh. Yeah. Do uh, it. <laughs> Crush our souls. <laughs> um and you I, so it was during the the snowpocalypse, like that first like first trip out. Um, it was right around Civic Center Marta Station, and there was just this homeless man just standing there. And I had never done street photography before. Like I still feel uncomfortable taking photos of strangers. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I don't know what it is about. I just I focus a lot more about other things, and like I usually take photos of people as long as we have a mutual understanding that I'm okay. You know. We're taking the photo. Um, street photography is like really difficult for me, but I, this this man was just shaking, and he was yeah. just like moving just to keep himself like kind of uh, just warm, and he just wouldn't respond. Like I was trying to talk to him, and he just wouldn't respond, and things like that. And I just didn't feel right taking his photo, so I just kind of had to like I just stood, stepped back and kind of make sure that he wasn't like identifiable and things like that. I just kind of took the photo just for my own memory. I didn't really, I don't think I've posted it too many times, but it's just, it was such a sad moment. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, and I don't know, that that's definitely like very memorable for wow. me. Yeah, yeah. That shows a whole different side of photography where yeah. it's not always sunshine and posies. I mean, there's a photographer called Ryan Visions mm-hmm. who's from Atlanta. Absolutely. And he is a photojournalist and captures some really heartbreaking or politically charged moments. Yeah. Ryan's a really good friend of mine. So he's actually one of my like one of my main inspirations when it came to the city. Like really? he yeah, he he invited to me invited me to be part of his one of his shows, like Wonder Never Wonder, which was another like huge launching pad for me. So I'm like super grateful for Ryan. Wow. And he does 
amazing work. He's like, yeah. like, I mean, he went out, like, he's, and the thing is, he's so fearless in, like, doing some of the things that he does, like, going out to Standing Rock, like, going out to, you know, Puerto Rico, doing these things, like, there's, and you just have to appreciate that about other artists. Like, you know, everybody's just, you have to appreciate that about people. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I, you have it's to. hard yeah, work. And that thing, like, Ryan's just a great guy. And I think that's, like, one thing about him is that, like, he's fearless for sure. We're going to have to get him on the show to talk yeah, about photojournalism. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, that is a whole nother world, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, like, I'm so inspired constantly by all the little worlds that live within our tiny world. Yeah. We have this, like, tiny little planet, but we've managed to make so many different realities out of it. So you mentioned that Ryan has inspired you. Yep. Who are some of the other photographers or digital media artists who inspire you? There's just so much content being created, you know, nowadays that when I wake up in the morning, there could be something from like a totally obscure artist that just inspires me in the morning, you know? It's just so hard to like pinpoint certain people now that because I'm just so inundated with content every <laughs> single day. There's a few photographers like Steve McCurry, like like National Geographic, you know, Ansel Adams, just like classical like photographers that just did amazing work when there was no way to like review your photography, you know. Yeah. And, but I'm not a traditional photographer. Like my heroes are just like are people that actually bleed into multiple uh, uh, media outlets. Like who are some of them? Donald Glover, like yeah, I'm like God, he, he yeah. inspires me so much. Like I think he's like one of my main sources of inspiration, and he's just so good at everything that he does too. Artist-wise, like Leonardo da Vinci or like Pablo Picasso, who just like did so many different types of art, and like da Vinci, not just art, like he just did so many other things that yeah. like, like things like that like really inspire me. And uh, like Michelangelo, yeah. I just saw the Michelangelo exhibit at the Met while I was in New York, wow, and. Yeah. This dude, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, how do you go from like sketching to sculpture yeah. to architecture yeah. to like massive frescoes? I mean, come on, yeah. get out of here, <laughs> showing us all up. No, just kidding. Yeah. It's very inspiring. Yeah. So now I think it's a dream for most creatives or artists to make money off of something that is an offset of their art, uh -huh. just like you and Anu have done. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think a lot of creatives and even people who are just culture vultures just like me want to know how do you get to that point and does it take the amount of courage that a lot of people say it takes it's it is extremely hard like, <laughs> yeah. so if anybody does decide to do it i think it's a really brave thing to do and i think you should do it if you absolutely believe in yourself mm. like if you believe in yourself that you have the ability to Invest in yourself and like use your skill sets to make an income, make a sustainable income, but do it by doing something you love. I think that's the key point. Like you just make sure like you end, you're ending up doing something that you love because you can get you fall into traps and all this kind of stuff. But it is absolutely it's it's hard. Like we still live an extremely scrappy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just have to kind of do it right and uh, make sure you're following all the right things. Uh, make sure you have a business plan, all this kind of stuff like Amen. that is essential. Uh, I got into it. I got into it just with anger. I just like quit my job and I was like, I want to do this, you know, but I didn't have like a proper plan, all this kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, we learned a lot of things over time. But yeah, yeah. but it, it's hard. though. It's so true, though. You really do have to 
want it, not just want it, but like want it more than anything else. Yeah. Because there are moments where those moments where you get confronted by the scariness of it all or the insecurity, you need the pure passion to get you through those things. Yeah. And it's not that it feels good because yeah. of the passion, but it just continues because yeah. of the passion. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think one thing that's helped bo- both of us is like separating like that art from business side too because like they bleed in together so much when like you're doing something you love for other people oh. that like you just feel like oh man like I'm like I'm being controlled and this and that but like the idea of spending one hour a day on my own thing like that nobody else like you know could control and that's where I ended up having them my most reach that's my most popular social outlet is like my own art which is makes me feel good you know at the same right. but it also doesn't like make nearly as much money as my business does which is you know, which is the funny thing about social media like you know you think like uh, I think I heard a phrase somewhere that said like being insta famous is like being rich with monopoly money <laughs> You know, it's like the numbers only, like the followers and numbers only mean so much, you know. Uh, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. That's perfect. So and it gives you a rush of endorphins. But beyond that, it's like, you know, yeah. you, you got to do a lot yeah. to translate that into real money. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much, Bhargava. This was awesome. And we did it. Yeah. <laughs> From <laughs> social media to sitting at a wedding together yep. Yep. to podcast. Yep. Thank yep. you so much. Thank you for having me. I so enjoyed talking to Bhargava about entrepreneurship, digital manipulation, photography, and how culture affects the way that we see the world around us and the art that we produce thanks to it. So if you want to find Bhargava, you can find him at chillmedia.com. That is chill with one L because it references his last name. You can also go to 404.co. Spell that out. For F-O-U-R-O-F-O-U-R because that is a reference to the area code in Atlanta, which is 404. And then you can also find him and his work like those awesome alien landscapes at B.Chill, also with one L. See the trend there? All right, y'all. Well, this was so much fun. And I would love to hear what's inspiring you, what's got your gears turning, what's got your clocks ticking. Until next time, keep it classy, keep it curious, keep it cultured. I'm Michelle Corey. Sean Powers is our producer. David Markowitz is our executive producer. The Cultured Podcast is a production of Zero Mile Media, made with love in Atlanta. You can listen to The Cultured Podcast on culturedpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and anywhere podcasts are found. Music